you know, in previous weeks uh, we've 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 covered so much ground. I've uh, I think indelibly that the, the upside down triangle has has etched its way into my life. The upside down kingdom that that Josh preached and uh, and Charles last week. Uh, the the love of God that knows even when a hair falls off our head, you know, uh, like, like the sparrows, like the and like the even the ravens, the the rough and tough animals of our society, uh, or the the weasels or of, of New Zealand, you know, <laughs> they want to annihilate. Um, you know, God even considers them. So, um, isn't it good? We're in good company, and that's. One of the things about the kingdom of God, the king of love, the kingdom of love, lifts us up, it builds us up. And, um, but this kingdom, uh, and I, I've picked this passage uh, because it's a kingdom passage. It's uh, in uh, Luke uh, 17, and Jesus is asked by the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees were uh, a, a religious bunch of, of people that were, I mean, in Israel at that time, it wasn't peace. I mean, there was these factions rising. There was these leaders coming up against the, the uh, Roman rule. It was a politically uh, uh, unstable time. And there was constantly uh, uh, Jews looking to how the kingdom was going to come. And so, of course, when Jesus comes along and, and begins working miracles, uh, they, they have a few questions because they're looking for a kingdom rule, but they were looking at it in terms uh, that um, they didn't recognize Jesus. And also, although they knew the scriptures, they knew them uh, in a, under a microscope, yeah, and they were just in and out of the scriptures all the time and seeking to, to fulfill the scriptures. But it seems, uh, it's quite obvious, that they, um, they didn't understand the teaching of the prophets, the teaching of, of the word about the kingdom of God. And so they didn't understand uh, God's wisdom and mystery and the way he's revealing himself. And so when Jesus is there, uh, they, they're looking elsewhere. They're not looking at, at this, the signs that he was bringing only. They were looking for something far more. They're looking for their nation to become the center of the world with their, with, uh, their focus on ruling all the world focused on Jerusalem. Now, in some way, had it wrong because uh, Jesus becomes to real, reveal things in a new sort of way. And so, um, in doing this, um, let's, let's just read this together. So it says in verse 20, One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus replied, The kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't even be able to say, Here it is, or it's over there, for the kingdom of God is already among you. So what, what we understand he's saying, and scholars verify this, that Jesus was actually talking about him being in their midst. We've often taken it as, uh, I guess, Pentecostals, Evangelicals. Our interpretation has been of the kind that it's within us because uh, we, we know the, the, the reality of the Holy Spirit. So we, we, we've understood the kingdom of God is within you. Okay. But the really context of what Jesus was bringing there was that 
He was there. He was present with them. And of course, where you've got Jesus, you've got the Holy Spirit anyway, haven't you? He was baptized with the Spirit without measure. So everywhere he was would be transformed by the fact that he was around. And the disciples certainly knew it. And that's why he then um, turns to his disciples and says, The time is coming when you will long to see the day when the Son of Man returns. But you won't see it. People will tell you, look here, look there, the Son of Man. We're here, but don't go out and follow them. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other, so will it be on the day when the Son of Man comes. But first, the Son of Man must suffer terribly and be rejected by this generation. As such is the king of love. And, uh, and I love the way Jesus you know, brings things back to the, the reason he comes is, is to be a living sacrifice for humanity and, and to suffer for us. But um, what, he, uh, what he's saying to the to his hearers there, to his disciples, is that um, you're going to be a day coming when you're long to see. In other words, it's going to be a scene like in my presence. Not there. It's going to seem like a missing gap, a gap in your life, in your lives, and you're going to be perplexed. You're going to wonder, but don't fret, don't worry again. I mean, he knows the number of hairs on our head. He knows us intimately. I'm going to come again. And it's going to be absolutely obvious. We know in, in Brisbane what it's like to have a good thunderstorm and a good lightning strike, don't we? And to see that lightning, I just love going up on the hill uh, at the end of our street and, and just watching the whole sky light up with thousands and thousands of strikes, you know, some nights. And just amazing to see uh, that. It's obvious. In other words... What he's saying is that there's going to be a period of time right now, I'm with you. You know the kingdom of God. You can see it. You can see it. You can, you're watching me. You're watching what I do. I'm healing the sick. I'm raising the dead. I'm, I'm loving everyone. I'm bringing everyone up. I'm bringing children up. I'm bringing women up. I'm bringing the Samaritan up. I'm bringing the outsider up. I'm bringing everyone into a new community of love. But there's going to be a time when you wonder and there's a time that we don't see and people around you, uh, just that, like they have uh, throughout time, they have questioned, well, where is the coming of the Lord? Where, where is his return? Where is your Saviour? Where is your God? I can't see him. Prove him to me. And, and so with that, there comes a challenge to us as it, as it were. Uh, as it was going to be for the disciples when Jesus said that. And that the fact that he, the king of love, was going to suffer. I'm glad that God filled that gap. As soon as he was risen, last week we celebrated the feast of Pentecost, the day of Pentecost. And Pentecost was the, the inauguration of the church, wasn't it? It was the birthing. And how did God birth that? He birthed it in fire. He birthed it in bringing his people together 
balancing there. It's a faith, it's an uncomfortable reality that we live in, but the nature of God's kingdom, which is bursting in on us, is a word called the eschaton. In other words, what is coming is we're actually entering into it, we're moving into it, we're living into it. And so wherever Jesus went, the kingdom of God was becoming real uh, in the world around him. He was moving, he, he was living, he was manifesting that kingdom to the world and showing us the love of God. Now, that kingdom will come in on earth. The nature of the, the, the new Jerusalem, we've got current Jerusalem that has been currently in all sorts of strife, a divided uh, city, and yet we see a new Jerusalem. And it, is, it is big. In fact, the, the area that if you calculated in, uh, Revelation, uh, in, the, in the book of, uh, of Revelation, like John measures it, is something like the land, the land mass of India, it's bigger than that, and the, uh, the land mass of Australia. It's, you're looking about, what is it, uh, uh, almost 5 million square kilometres. That's, that's what's actually outlined in, in the book of Revelation. It is a real kingdom. It is a, a place where a lot of people can live. And that's just a city. That's just the city that is the new Jerusalem, which, which speaks of the new uh, the people of God, uh, the manifestation of, of us uh, and of the place that God has for us in his purposes. It's a real tangible city. This life is not going on forever. And, and so um, Jesus gives two examples just to press this point. He says, when the Son of Man returns, is this the one? Yeah. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like, the, like Noah's day. In those days, the people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat and the flood came and destroyed them all. Okay, so it's talking about the fact that society that we are a part of, we live in the norm. And for most people, that's all people have. That's all they cling on to. They, they try to max out this life because, and to the extent of, of abuse of others, sadly, because that's all they believe they have. What a poverty. What a poverty that people have. That's why Jesus came. He came to teach us that we are not just all temporal people, but we are eternal. We're called into eternal family. We're called to have a nature. We're called to, we're called into a, a newness of thinking, a way of doing life. We're, you know, everything about this life is is a new life. It's a new covenant we live in, and and as we <coughs> are called into this uh, to live in this community, we like Noah are looking forward to a better age. And through faith, he did that. The other example is Lot. One was, this is uh, water immersion. We're, we're familiar in Australia with floods. We're also familiar with fire. And, uh, and, and with, with um, that's, that was, oh, I can't go backwards, that's right. <laughs> when the Son of Man returns, it'll be like the days of Noah. And then 
the world as it was in the days of Lot, when people went out and their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, until the, the morning uh, Lot left Sodom. The fire, burning sulfur, rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, it will be business as usual right up to the day when the Son of Man was revealed. And so what it showed us is, is generations. Jesus was bringing to us generations in which God brought world judgment. He brought great sense of, of judgment. One with water, a worldwide flood, and the second with, with fire that burned up and consumed a city. And then he goes on to talk about uh, Lot's wife and, um, and the way she, um, uh, she turned back. And as a result, her, her perspective, now she should have been saved. She should have been saved with Lot and his family. But give us an example of the people of God. Her perspective was still on this life. And so, and, uh, and so God, the challenge in all of us as the white people is in our life. The way life, we think about life, the way we live our life with a future age in mind or and with the present age of the spirit the, the rule of the spirit you know that says the holy spirit the spirit who is lord in other words god has graced us with the spirit that we might live in this life pride is coming in the power of that kingdom but more than uh, as well as that on top of that um, we're coming in to a new age which is real in which we will see the finishing of this current world and the creation of a new world. We'll see the finishing of these human bodies and the creation of a resurrection body, of a supernatural body that doesn't age, that doesn't die, that doesn't get sick, that doesn't cry, it's, uh, except tears of joy. You know, the, God is bringing us into a new age. And isn't it good to, to preach about it? Because this is good news. We're, we're not without hope. We're a people with a living hope. We move into it. So that the coming age is something that God, by his spirit, wants to, us to move in and live in that reality now. He wants us to live with the expectation, the anticipation of the reality of a coming age. When Linda arrived here in, in Australia, you knew you were here, didn't you? You absolutely knew she was here. When the kingdom of God comes, Jesus saying, absolutely, you will know it. But not like, you know, lots what. Let's have a perspective that is looking into, that is every day, our relationships, our conversations, our time, our time at work, our, our time with our family, everything about our lives. Are we looking into the coming age? The way are we determining the things, the way we manage ourselves and different situations, is it in the light of the coming age? Our family relationships, are they in the light? You know, it's so good to hear, you know, Graham uh, talk about, you know, your, your dad and, and, and love in the family. We cannot give uh, way to, you know, we cannot let opportunities go uh, that, that stop us from sharing love, from expressing love, from taking action to, to uh, phoning someone up that you can think that you, 
God's put on your mind or that's just come into your mind. But just following through on love because everything we sow in that way, everything we do in that way, as we read in Matthew 25, that's what Jesus would say, I knew you. I was there. I was there when you were, you were alone. I saw you when you were crying. I saw you when you were in prison, when I was hungry, when I was naked and you, and you clothed me and you fed me. I was there. That was me. And so as we demonstrate the kingdom of God by love, by loving people, by loving even people that get, you know, get up our, yeah. <laughs> even those sort of people, you know, especially those sort of people, they are kingdom opportunities. Amen. Praise God. Well, you know, we're, one of the things about um, with, um, I mean, our, our relationship when we married was uh, um, we, we met, we were from two neighbors and we had to relate but virtually. So we built a relationship. And so when, we, when I came over to Brisbane from uh, Christchurch and arrived here, it was, it, was, it was amazing. A lot of people said you're going to have adjustment problems, you know. But what had happened was during our time, we had actually drawn close to God, but also we wrote letters to each other and we shared our fears, our aspirations. We shared things with us. And so that when we came together in 1982 here in Brisbane and got, came into marriage, it was just like we'd been best friends for life. And uh, I was thinking I was 26 and you were 20? 21, yeah. And so it was like we'd been together for life. God wants us as his people to be so in love with him and so in communion. It might, might be virtual in some ways. We're relating to God via his spirit. There's a sense of that there. But he wants us to be so in sync with him in such a powerful, deep, am amazing, meaningful, active, practical relationship with him that when he comes, it will be like we've known each other all, all the time. It won't even be, we won't even miss a beat. We just hold hands and carry on. Amen? God wants us to be ready. Can I encourage you? About kingdom come, the kingdom will come. When will it happen? I tell you what Jesus said. When a lot happens, just like the vulture, they hang around. You can see them a long way off. They hang around with the lizard carcass. I've seen a lot of things. You know, when the Lord, He's already said, including pandemics. Um, next thing on my list that that I read is we're going to see the the rising rising of the Antichrist and his regime on Earth, and it's going to be complex. Uh, but then, just before he comes, better than a blood moon, it's going to be cosmic fireworks <laughs> in the heavens. Jesus is not coming in a secret way. He's coming in such a, a way that we will... He's going to make an entrance, and we're going to join him, aren't we? We're going to be taken up, it says. We'll be lifted up. One person will be in a bed, uh, uh, and the other one will be left in their bed. And, and, and one, two working, one, we left one. We are called to be a part of the company that joins our Lord. Amen? Amen. Well, okay, that was fun.
Well, let's, let's, take, um, let's take the, um, the communion cup now and, uh, and we're just going to... I'm, so, I'm sorry I have... Um, Graham, I've preached myself. <laughs> yeah.